With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself And there's some stories I can tell you I had to fail, had to fall just for what I did well And there's some stories I can tell you It is the final word day after the day before Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon uh, for Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City. More day extra, six. less ordinary. Day six. We yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. Day six. We've got one test to go in the men's ashes. The women's ashes are all wrapped up. We're back in London. Um, well, for my case, I'm in a hoodie and a jacket. I've just been doing some curation work, mopping up all of the um, excess water from the covers. Not quite, but my the, the, where we're sitting at the moment was... Um, was covered in rainwater, so I've just been feeling some sympathy mm. with the, with those who empathy rather with some, those some who, common cause common cause with uh, with the ground staff at Lancashire over the last couple of days. And Jeff, as we start our conversation, the weather has been, um, or the rain rather, has been a big part of the postscript to this test match with all sorts of ideas being floated. Um, it would appear now that we must have reserve days for test cricket. Mm-hmm. However impractical, given the complete fast that is the schedule, um, maybe we should move the timeless test. I saw someone saying yep. uh, maybe it's the fault of the 100 because the 100's in August, thus denying us the chance to play test cricket in August. Yep. Saw Hypercourse completely repudiate that with how many test matches have been played in July over the years and, and, and so on and, and the relative rainfall. Well, also, I'm, I'm sure I remember in the 2019 World Cup looking up the fact that the average rainfall in July and August was identical in yeah. England um, and that in June it was not much different either. So you can always make that case. Um, there, there are there are some places in the world where some times of year are more rainy than others. The difference between the summer months in England, not among them. 
it's just grist to the mill for, for those who are going to get very angry as we build towards August because the hundred's going to be yeah. on. You know, you can also do with the hundred, do as we do and just largely let it wash over you. You don't need yeah. to follow every competition. You don't need to have an investment in every single thing that's mm -hmm. going on. You can ignore what's going on in the hundred if that's yeah. your thing. We don't do much on the big bash. We don't do an awful lot on the IPL, although we dip in and out of those those competitions and so it'll be for us in the hundred. Anyway, that's a... You know what else you can do with the hundred is you can play tests matches during the 100. That's possible. They do yep. that with the Big Bash too. You yep. play the evening games in the evening after the, the match that goes during the day. And, and all of these things might it rules happen. out about 12 test players who probably wouldn't be playing <laughs> in the 100 anyway. Well, they've, they've got test cricket in August, at the end of August, the last week of mm -hmm. August next year due to the T20 World Cup, which will be, I think I'm right in saying, the end of June and the start of July, which is Sounds right. um, the, the same time as this Ashes series has been played, generally speaking. So, yeah, a lot of weather chats saw Joe Root um, saying that they should be playing until 10pm. Yep. Um, again, I, I'm, I'm not... I, I like I, that. I just, a six-hour final session. So you have yeah. a two-hour first session, two-hour middle session, then just go through for the full six hours after that. Is yeah, that like the ultra-marathon type mm. thing. Well, sorry, the marathon at the end of the triathlon. And um, when you've already done, you know, all the swimming and all the cycling, right now run a marathon. Yeah, and it seems um, in general. So I mean, at the moment we have Australia and England, who are two teams who are both absolutely shithouse with their overrates. <laughs> it would seem a little unfair if you were a team that was actually bowling your overs, was keeping your part of the bargain, and then the other team was like, "Cool, we're going to keep you here until 10 p.m. batting yeah, yeah. because we're so slow with bowling." Yeah, look, I, I do feel some sympathy with with Joe Root because obviously he's frustrated, and and, and you would be if you're an England player right now. And you, I feel, you, feel sympathy with everyone who sits through a rainy test match. How many rainy test matches have we sat through? They yeah, suck. Exactly. How many? I mean, the West Indies one in Sydney, the South Africa one in Sydney, the India one in Sydney seem to be a bit of a theme here. But there are some other places. The as South well. Africa one in Sydney this year. Yeah, there's a lot of Sydney um, but there are there are other places too where you and I have sat there for five days and sure. most of that time has been spent looking at rain and trying to write articles about rain and trying to record podcasts about <laughs> rain and yeah it sucks it's annoying no, nobody likes it no but there isn't actually a solution beyond playing cricket for as long as it takes to actually get the match done yeah so this was the root um, argument I, I was being a bit un, un, uncharitable before let's mm. say um, with the way I characterized it he's not saying they should play until 10 he's saying that with uh, it being uh, well, the benefit of playing in June and July is that it's the longest time of the year in terms of daylight. So yep. you could conceivably play cricket after 9pm, which is true. And uh, you could conceivably play cricket before 11am because it gets light at about four in the morning here. Both things are right. And you, you discussed the, the latter yesterday about um, the starting time, but you could play out later. Um, the challenge there is twofold. One is that um, it's not in the playing condition, so you can't just like bespoke say, right, well, we, we should change it all up now at the last minute. Uh, and secondly, the bad light problem up north um, when it was already gloomy and so on. It wouldn't mm. have made a huge difference. Although when we were driving out of Manchester, we both had a similar thought that <laughs> within about 10 minutes of jumping on, uh, I guess it was the M6, uh, yep. it felt like um, we were um, in the middle of summer again. Uh, the sun was shining, the, the, the motorway was clear. We could have played some cricket there, but not mm -hmm. at Old Trafford when it mattered. And uh, I remember the, the 2013 match that I brought up when that was rained off on the last day. I remember at about 6.30, 7pm that night, it was glorious sunshine at the ground. It was beautiful. You could have could definitely have played, but the match had already been called off. These these are the annoyances of playing cricket, right? It's outdoors. There is no easy solution. We have, we have a stadium in Melbourne that, that has a roof on it, but there aren't a lot of them. There's not a lot of them going around. And you wouldn't want to sacrifice playing a test match at the MCG. Let's use that as the hypothetical. You wouldn't say, well, let's move test cricket away from the place where it started in favour of playing um, at the Dockland Stadium under mm -hmm. a roof. No, no one would suggest that 
is a good idea. Well, they were suggesting it during the T20 World Cup last year when it was raining a lot in Melbourne. And they were saying, <laughs> well, 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 they should have played India-Pakistan at, um, at Docklands when the forecast was bad, and then they ended up getting that game on, and it happened. Now, imagine they'd actually made that move. Imagine they'd said, okay, 48,000 can come to Docklands instead of 98,000 coming to the MCG, um, and then it hadn't rained. Everybody would have torn them apart for having moved the game. Running to... in from the Gordon Coventry and Shaheen Sharafridi. <laughs> Here he goes, into the pocket, where, where Cam Mooney took that famous sliding grab. From the Tony Plugger Locket end, mm. it's Jasbit Boomerah. Yeah. <laughs> I would have loved it for footy cricket crossover reasons but yes, not in practice, something that anyone's advocating. And we went through a little bit of this yesterday about roofs on stadiums being retrofitted and, and um, drones and, the, and, and the geographical and, impossibility. You know, of, sorry, no, the, the, the engineering impossibility yeah. of just wheeling in a temporary roof over the top of Lords, for instance. Right, and none of these things are going to happen. So, no. uh, and But nevertheless, it's, it's um, shock jock bait. Um, we, we obviously had um, a number of... I felt very sorry for... And Dan Liebke made this point. I felt very sorry for England. Right, real cricket. England fans yesterday who were obviously stinging after what's happened yesterday had they gotten on and won it would have um, would have been a blockbuster at the Oval and a thrilling finish and all the rest of it it still might be by the way I think there's quite a lot riding on, on the test to come but nevertheless you, you see the point I'm making and they're being represented online by the worst by the worst the worst people. person the worst, <laughs> the worst person people. and the worst people yeah. Um, yeah particularly well somebody who just wants attention let's not name check them sure. but, but uh, you know just a, a, a sort of sentient chunk of boiled spam who just sits there spouting complete liquid fuckwittery um, in order to try to get attention and it works everybody's like well let's let's quote tweet let's 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 amplify you know you get your attention you make your money it's just a way to make money that's all it is it's like have a channel say some outrageous shit and then pop it on here put it on here put it on youtube whatever and, and get five million people to watch it and take the ad revenue yeah so it's so not a complicated system but it's an incredibly bad faith system and and not engaging with it is the best thing to do you could get a megaphone and stand out um in the street and speak to more people than watch the show in question you're yeah. dead right it's the social media clicks which is yeah. what this is all being done for it's to generate artificial outrage and the hypocrisy that underpins all of that but mm -hmm. yeah i did feel for england fans last night when um when australia woke up and saw the usual bullshit from the usual suspect suspects mm. um that um, it did result in an overcorrection probably the other way yeah, and so it goes it back coming, and forth and the volleys and, um, yeah there's the reaction then there's the reaction to the reaction then there's the reaction reaction reaction, reaction, reaction yeah. and, and on and, and on now we're going. part of that now we're part of it <laughs> but, i mean we are in the middle of the ashes we can't do much else you know not not everything that we say is the way things should be done is necessarily the way that we have always or will always do it. Uh, the, the other thing we didn't get a chance to react to the other day, just with the nature Let's of the react. recording cycle, was Johnny Bairstow's press conference on, mm -hmm. on Evening 3 because by the time we got to night four, things had moved on you know, by 23 hours or, or something like that. And it, it was an interesting... Well, probably the Sky interview was more interesting than the press conference. My understanding is that he didn't want Kumar Sangakara involved in the interview after play. He ended up involved in it. And he just kept looking at Sangakara because he'd been critical of his footwork and his wicket-keeping. Oh, I'm sorry, one of the greatest wicket keeper and batting combiners of all time has something to say about your yeah. wicket keeping yeah so there's, there's it, it, and, and but anyway even put that to one side um Bairstow freely acknowledges in that um in that interview that his legs still he's still suffering from a serious ankle leg break mm -hmm. and that it has made it harder for him to move and he hasn't kept full time for three years i mean yeah that's what everybody's been saying mm. no one's disagreeing with you johnny we've all been um saying what you're 
articulating there that it has been bloody tough for you being asked to keep in this situation. And we've and been that maybe that's not a good idea. Maybe that, that wasn't. Yeah, and great, he made runs this week and he batted in a way yep. that we celebrated at the time. You could argue, and I did argue, this is not retrofitting an argument um, based on what's actually played out with the rain. I was advocating England to clear behind. Now, that might have been a bit excessive, I grant you. But I was saying that if you want you to You want every team to declare behind. Well, in this instance, I was thinking if it's a three-day test match, and it proved to be three and a bit, that you need to take your 20 wickets by the end of the third day. There's no provision to wait. Mm. Um, and yes, I benefit of hindsight declaring behind might have been a bit over the top but declaring at lunch on day three wouldn't yep. have been um and that isn't um isn't monday afternoon quarterbacking this yeah um and 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 if you're trying to convince the umpires to stay on as well you've got a tiny bit more latitude if you're the batting team than if you're the bowling team you know not officially but you can at least try to put a little bit of influence on to say no maybe we're happy to stay out here batting when it's dark for instance yeah maybe and we want to keep bowling when it's dark maybe maybe but the the main point here is that they opened australia up on friday afternoon and they were stopped by the close of play mm-hmm. um because australia were bruised and battered and beaten up they were already bruised and battered and beaten up when the lead was 189 at lunch yes so yeah. there, there was that window of time i worked out that it was something like 80 minutes mm-hmm. depends how you want to interpret it but the two extra overs meant and um, they the, the 10 minutes that they would have gotten back takes it out to about 80 minutes something like that um yeah which that they were probably denied in, isn't the difference but it could be the difference well they take three more wickets in that passage of play mm. and it and it probably is because yeah. it, it's a very different story if they're walking out on saturday afternoon for the unexpected session if it's seven down seven down yeah and they're only three wickets away and they and they could get the chance to chase. play at seven down potentially well, you can see a world where night. you can also see a world where uh, australia uh, are bowling to england that night and they're chasing X in Y overs and England are like bloody hell we better do this today mm. um, so yeah anyway it, it, it's all um, it's all speculative now but the besto the importance of besto having a chance to thrive in the series with the bat that's great it's exciting mm. we all enjoyed it it was significant it did bruise and bloody Australia but I'm still not convinced it was the right strategic call and, and Ben Stokes was asked about this after play and he just won't I think they are like they've, they've reached the stage they are they are so um, they are so confident in the way they're going about things that there's no candor. You know, there's never any a moment yeah. like, oh yeah, maybe we could have done that a bit differently. The Edgbaston Declaration is another one. Now, I supported the Edgbaston Declaration at the time. Yeah. I thought it was a good idea to um, subject Warner to Broad um, before stumps that night. It didn't work right, but you can probably say that now. Yeah, okay. In hindsight, didn't work. didn't work. Had a go. Had a crack, didn't work. They won't even go that far. When Mike Atherton put that question to Stokes at the presser yesterday about declarations, shut it down. One answer, no. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I wonder whether that might be the next stage of this Basball stokes McCullum era where we can hear a little bit more of, yeah, we tried that, that didn't work. Here's why we were trying to do that rather than mm. um, this sort of uh, slightly, well, we know more. I think Ben Stokes actually he, said those words to BBC. He's talking about the this declaration one. here. The, the non-declaration here. The, yes, yeah. the timing of the declaration. Um, when I say here, I mean Manchester. Manchester a different yeah. place. <laughs> but the, the current test match declaration, which, you know, whether it was too late or not. I mean, look, if, if the match had ended up playing out roughly the way it played out and England had declared earlier, then Australia would have just been closer to parity or whatever it was and might have still had a couple of wickets in hand and they, st- they still wouldn't have had Maybe. time to get a result. Yeah. But things could have gone differently they could you have. don't know and it did feel like it, that could have been the more aggressive option at the time and also that they didn't fully lay into the bowling i thought if you are 100 percent committed to the bit you come out on the second evening when when stokes and 
Brooke played sensibly enough. But that's when they don't know how much time they're going to lose because, you know, that's when they're thinking maybe they get three sessions over the weekend instead of one session over the weekend. Mm -hmm. So it made sense not knowing what was going to happen next. It's just if you're looking at it, knowing how much time there was, you thought, well, they could have really put the foot down there, you know, flogged their way to, to a lead in a shorter amount of time and um, and then had had some distance in front and, and been able to it's the 20 wickets thing that's that's important it doesn't matter how many runs you make until you know that the wickets are gone and you know what you need to chase what did you make of Besto's uh, com- comments about his wicket keeping yeah. and his I mean that whole bit about like I'm proud I've played 96 test matches and yep. you shouldn't doubt me like it, it, when he's in the media in three years' time when he's finished playing cricket, he'll be offering an opinion as well. It's like these guys only only mm. understand the importance of criticism once they've retired. Well, so I, I thought, in a way, I understand the kind of Stokes reticence, the thing that you're talking about of saying we're not interested in engaging with all of these other opinions. That makes sense to me because it must be fucking exhausting having everybody offer an opinion on the way you're doing things. That's the nature of the game. That's how it works. There's yep. media interest. There's public interest. Of course, people are going to speculate. People will talk about what you're doing. That doesn't mean you wouldn't be sick of hearing it. You're going out. You know, imagine we're doing what we're doing. We're writing our piece or or doing our broadcast, and you know, fifty thousand people are writing to us every day saying, "I don't agree with your choice of adjective in the third paragraph. I think you should have used a different adjective." Now, a few people do that. But if the volume was was expanded to something much greater, I can see why you would be fatigued with it and just and basically just be thinking, well, just piss off, you know. I don't want to hear it from everybody. We're going to do what we're going to do, um, and it doesn't matter if people agree with it or not. That doesn't cover the Bairstow situation where he's literally saying, I am physically impaired to a point that I can't do the job properly, and therefore you shouldn't criticise me for my failure to do the job properly. Like, no one's having a go at him saying that he's a bad person because he's been dropping catches behind the stumps. They're saying that he's not keeping well enough to be the wicketkeeper. Yeah. Um, and I, I think you would find very few people who were saying before this test match that he shouldn't be in the team. They were saying that he should be batting in the team and he shouldn't be keeping wicket in the team. Mm. Now, they're a bit stuck with their balance, with their, their wanting to get five bowlers in, with the fact that Stokes can't bowl and all the rest of it, and that's part of why Bairstow has to keep wicket. But it probably cost him at least one of the first two test matches the number of chances that he let go you can't you can't quantify it exactly but your wicketkeeper taking catches is like the number one part of fielding that's where most dismissals come from that's where you have to be up to the job and if he's physically impaired to a point that he can't do that job properly he shouldn't have the job well, and he so, shouldn't be angry with people who point this out. Yeah, that, that's you know? the, that's the bit that that, that I found strange. That you know, he, he, and, he, and he gets and he gets um, he gets venerated on social media. Go on, Johnny. You know, yeah. British spirit. Stick it up him. Stick it up the media. Like, well, yeah, okay, sure, but it, it doesn't get around what you're describing mm. there, which is that he's freely admitting. Um, he's not having that put to him. He's getting out in the front foot and using it as an explanation as to why it's been hard for him. Mm. Okay. That's fine. You could have played as a specialist bat. Anyway, um, on the um, other side of the ledger with Australia, um, the criticism of Pat Cummins has came in pretty thick and fast over the weekend. And yep. um, you're already seeing um, certain uh, sections questioning whether he'll 
um, captain again and, and all the rest of it. Which that was, was quick, wasn't it? What, three weeks ago? He was national hero, Captain Pat, carries Australia home at Edgebest and put them on his shoulders and, and carried them across the line. He's an inspiration to a generation. Sack him. Sack him. He's shit. Get rid of him. Well, this is it, isn't it? This is the world we live in uh, when it comes to um, having a, a, a role of public responsibility. It's why we chant through political letters so quickly because once one thing goes wrong, um, the, the, the call is always to get rid of rather than to persist. But with Cummins... He, I mean, you institute one program that defrauds millions of poverty-stricken <laughs> Australians, and then everybody wants to blame you for it. They want a royal commission. They want to point fingers. <laughs> it's not easy. Somebody has to steal money from poor people so that rich people can have it. It's just part of the job. A bit of understanding. I hope you're not trying to um, appropriate my position on Pat Cummins, the robo-debt and the scandal that was there. Definitely not the, um, Definitely not coming from the same point. But, yeah, the, the, the Cummins narrative discourse the Cummins discourse um, has moved back to where it was last year which is that um, that that pansy cuck woke simp <laughs> oh, right. um, yeah. shouldn't be allowed anywhere near the the purse strings or let alone the the, the, the captain's armband mm -hmm. and um, that he should be um, sent back to fine leg and just go and bowl mate just piss off and bowl mm -hmm. um, and obviously that's not going to happen he's not yep. going to be um, dispensed with this captain he might decide on his own accord at some point in the near future, that he doesn't want to do the job forever. Um, he always I think said he said that at the beginning. He at said the this, very this, start, he, said he wants this to, isn't going to be a real long term thing. He wants to end up as the senior pro in the side, similar to what Joe Root's doing right now. What Alistair Cook did when Joe Root took over. I mean, what Ricky Ponting did when Michael mm. Clark took over. It's not without precedent to have a former captain in the ranks still playing as a, a senior member six of the side. Um, but I don't think that there's a, a ready-made successor to come and sitting there mm. putting their hand up. It's not going to be Stephen Smith, despite. Um, how often you hear that raised in, in conversation. It's not going to be Steve Smith. He doesn't covet the job full-time, nor will he be given the job full-time. So it's a moot point. And he might not play for that much longer anyway. He might not play for that much longer. There's Marnus Labashain, who is the Aussie number three, and I think has made pretty big strides when it comes to his leadership skills on the mm -hmm. field. Um, I was really impressed by the way he spoke at the press conference the other night. Um, he's found a way to answer questions directly and... Uh, uh, you know, you know a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of younger cricketers find that difficult. I remember doing a, a press conference with Marnus when he was maybe in the first six months of his test career, and he was trying to offer a broader perspective on the game that he was involved in, but he was battling with that because he was brand new and he was um, wet behind the years and he mm -hmm. hadn't had this kind of scrutiny before. Um, now he's good about that. He can give wider perspective, and that's what's expected as a captain. It's not the only trait you need to be a captain, but yeah. it's a pretty important one that you can communicate. And he wasn't just doing the pointless, relentless positivity. You know, when he was asked the question about would they try to win the game, he wasn't like, yeah, yeah, we just need to pile on 300 and then declare, you know, yeah. 240 in front and then knock them over in 40 overs. Yes, yes. Which he could have done. Like, players have done that before. Yeah. Michael um, Clark at, um, at Trent Bridge in 2015 when yeah. they bowled out for 60 saying, we'll win the game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, words to that effect. Mm -hmm. We'll just go out and smash him. We can still win it. And you know, obviously, that was that was uh, uh, never going to happen. But yeah, that that mindless positivity is, is a good description. Carlos, don't you tell me we've lost this game, Carlos? <laughs> uh, yeah. So there was there was. Um, uh, I've lost my train of thought now. Where were we? Mm. Yeah, Cummins. Uh, and Lisa needs braces. Lisa needs Dental braces. Plan. Yeah. So Cummins is is he might make his mind up that he goes. Uh, and to become a senior player sooner rather than later. But it's not going to happen anytime soon. And they've just won the World Test Championship, retained the Ashes, and they are, they're, they're a decent chance of, of winning next week, or this week rather, at the Oval. Mm. And that would be mission accomplished for a whole bunch of senior players, including him. So it's not like it's been a bloody disastrous tour or anything. They've had a few very bad days, or two mm -hmm. very bad days. But yeah, the inability to keep perspective seems to be a, 
um, seems to be something that, that follows Cummins around because of the way he not inherited a job quite so much sure. as the way that they changed coaches shortly after he became the skipper. But it is something in cricket coverage where cricket is a long game that takes a really long time and yet people's view on it tends to be about 17 minutes long. <laughs> you know, They can't remember anything that's happened before the day that they're currently watching. You look at the span of what Cummins has done, what they did in Pakistan, um, breaking even in Sri Lanka when conditions were difficult there. Yep. And the making hunt, the world you know, final, yeah, yeah, I know he wasn't there for that, but getting to the World Test Championship mm-hmm. final when they were two 0 down and, and and shot, yep, um, that 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 took some pretty stern stuff. And I know Cummins wasn't at indoor, but to bounce back from that um, mm-hmm. as a group it took an awful lot. Yep, and um, and you know the, the 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 thrashing in the last the void ashes, the last Australian yep. ashes, um, which also means Stuart Broad doesn't have six hundred Test wickets given that series was void. <laughs> he took about what fourteen in that series, something well. like that. Yeah, well, well in that well. series. So, but they, they don't count, sadly, so he's still on uh, five, 586 or so. Yeah, you mentioned numbers. Like In a way, if if you want to, you can make the case that England's numbers across the board look more impressive. I think mm. they've scored more runs, taken more wickets, and individually yeah. they've got players topping the charts um, on both wickets and runs. I yeah, if I'd been on holiday and then you just gave me the, the series averages, I'd be like, well, England, 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 England well. are bossing this. But, yeah. but it, it, that reminds me of 2009, where, where Australia numerically seemed to have bossed the series, just didn't win the big moments, and so it is for England. When it mattered most at Lords, they lost 9 for 100. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when it mattered most at Edgbaston, they couldn't hold their nerve and stick the landing on that final afternoon when Cummins and Lyon came together and, and Stokes was um, went bounce a war and it didn't work mm. and didn't have anything else to turn to. So, yeah, and that's okay. That's not saying Stokes is a, a rubbish captain and should never do the job again per the stuff I've heard Sack about him. Cummins. Sack him. Uh, it, it's, it's, um, it's, it's cricket and cricket is an imperfect sport and that's partly why we're so drawn to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, selection. Uh, casting forward a wee bit before we uh, hit stop on this episode. Yep. Uh, does James Anderson get what might be the farewell test? Do they go back to Josh Tung? Who that's been the ch- you know there's been a lot of get Josh Tung in with Mark Wood too too fast a bowlers yeah. Australia haven't liked it. But what Anderson does is he's the guy who goes at one point six and over at yes. the other end yes. and probably contributes to wicket taking in that way. Do um, they let Wood have a rest? You can't afford to, can you? But does it? I mean, this is kind of about relative motivation. Australia desperately want to win over mm. here. England now the England best they can hope. don't want to lose the series. Desperately don't want to lose the series, but I expect... They have to win. England, I expect England will play. Win. I think it's as cut and dried as that. England have to win this test match, otherwise they'll be the ones getting tailed up by their press and their supporters at the end of the series. Like, the way the narrative shifts, right? Like, right now... Right now, England are roaring. They're on top. They're the three lions. Australia are shit. They're finished. They're tired. They're worn out. They don't have the ticker for it. They're going home with their tail between their legs. And then if Australia win this week, England will be shit. You know, suddenly all that will turn. England will be as embarrassing. Basball's failed. They've they've had a humiliating uh, reversal in their own backyard, blah, yep. blah, blah. Like All of the bullshit will be rolled out. Sure. So... They need to win this match, and in order to win this match, they need Barkwood to bowl. Maybe Ollie Robinson might come back in as well. He bowled superbly at the Oval last year. If I he's, think if you'd he's... want to risk him. He's just, he's just too much of a liability with fitness. Yeah, I think it'll hinge on his fitness, but I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised if he wasn't considered mm. given um, given how good he looked at this ground. And, and I, I used, I'd describe this ground um, intentionally because of the, the way the Oval's played. Uh, I... I received a message from someone the other day about saying, oh, it's an absolute belt there. It's always a road. It's not. 
it, that that's not how it is. We saw that first session between Australia and India mm. a couple of months ago where it, it was genuinely lively. Um, we saw um, the way in which Surrey have been able to make the most of the, the, the seeming conditions there more than the spinning conditions over the last couple of seasons, not even using a special spinner. So I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Todd Murphy plays. Mm. But if Todd Murphy were to play, it could easily be at the expense of a... a a batter, and by that I mean Cameron Green. Yeah, I think he has to play. I think Murphy has to play. You need an option. If you're going to have five days of test cricket, you need a slow bowler, at least just because of the kind of bulk overs they can get through, the the number of overs the Australian quicks got through, even in that one innings that they bowled um, up at Old Trafford. Yeah. You know, they were they had to do a lot of work because of the absence of that spinner. Uh, Mitchell Marsh has some question mark about whether he's got soreness. Uh, would that mean that he's unable to bowl? Then you've lost an option there. So I think if Marsh can't bowl, then they probably go to Green and leave Marsh out. But how do you leave Marsh out when he's, he's one of the few who've looked like he's batting really well? Um, does that put pressure on at the top of the order? Like there are a lot of ways that things could move around. And also Mitchell Stark's shoulder, which he's he sort of injured a couple of times. They're saying he's okay, but you'd have to think that after a couple of days, that's when they, those injuries tend to get a bit worse. You know, the, the stiffness and yeah. so on sets in. It takes a little while to get over that hump. So I wouldn't imagine if he's not 100%, that that's when you look at Nisa coming in. And the freshness the swing of option, yeah, yeah, and 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 to you know to add some with the bat. Although Stark's been very good with the bat at times in this series so I think Australia have a lot more moving parts England it's basically do you do you go all out um, with pace with with tongue and in place of Anderson and then for Australia there are three or four options yeah England have already named their unchanged squad as they like to do the day after a test match saying the squad is the same the, the one little speculator out there is that if if Australia do well this week or even if it's framed up as um, ahead of the test wanting to win here desperately does David Warner um, see this as a good jumping off point mm-hmm. um, in in the in the four column in the pro column um, it'd be seen as a uh, it'd be seen positively by the public um, giving whoever the next opener is be it Harris or Renshaw or somebody else through the shield against Pakistan a pretty good a pretty good opportunity on home yeah. soil favorable conditions three tests against Pakistan who've won four tests ever in Australia yep. followed by two against the Windies who who unlikely to be competitive unfortunately for reasons that we talked about last week Mm. gives them an entire summer to to get set along with Kawaja and I don't think it'd be received that well so I mean Warner has a prodigious record against Pakistan he's absolutely devoured runs against them but it would be seen as stat padding I think if he wanted it could be even if he came back and made hundreds in those first three tests of the home summer and got his farewell at the SCG I think there'd be a more broadly, a, a sense that um, he was he was he was doing something for his own benefit rather than thinking about the team. Yeah, and this this would be for him. He said it himself: winning in England and winning in India were the two things left on the table for him. All of them have said it. That entire generation at the start of the year said India followed by England. You know, they used the term bucket list time and time again, right? So, so it is for Warner. I'm not saying for a minute I'd expect Kawaja to retire. He's a bit of a different case because of the, the the lost years in the middle there yeah he'll he'll probably go on another year or two you would have thought but there are other players in that dressing room as well Mitchell Stark to his enormous and enduring credit has foregone the the riches of the IPL in favor of prioritizing red ball cricket for Australia for years whenever Mitchell Stark says I've had enough he should be he, he should do so with um, the best wishes of everyone in Australian cricket because he's done his time and been a tremendous servant I don't think he'll um, pass up the opportunity for another home summer, summer either. But no. he's the kind of player who might go, well, 
winning in England is something he's had left for him too. Stephen Smith, mm. there are a whole group of them who, who you know, this next summer yeah. doesn't have a tremendous amount of jeopardy and a tremendous amount riding on it. Whereas this week has everything riding on it for that group who've won the World Test Championship and could finish with a win in England for the first time in 22 years. I think Stark's bowling so well and has bowled so well the last couple of years that there'd be no reason for him to pull the pin now. Sure, he might sure. as well keep going while he's he's at the top of his game, which he is. Um, Warner, it might depend. Like maybe if he made a big score at the Oval, then he might think he's got enough road to, to go on and have his little farewell lap at home. But if that's the main reason for doing it, to have... The, the sort of symbolic farewell at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Well, you can drive around the Sydney Cricket Ground in the back of a Hilux like Ryan Harris did at the Gabba. Exactly. Um, you don't actually have to be playing that test match. And I also think that if you do it beforehand, you get um, you get the reception mm. uh, at the Oval. You know, you might starting you to rain. might know a few people who have done that. It is raining in London. Uh, a bloke called Don Bradman did that. Mm. Um, and he's not the only one. There have been many cricketers uh, who've uh, seen fit to end their careers at the Oval because typically it's the final test of the summer over here. Yep. So, yeah, I, I think there would be worse ideas than him considering this, this is the, the build-up to the test and going, you know what, um, this will be it for me one way or the other. And that wouldn't be because of form. He's batted well. He's at his spot this series. or batted well enough. Um, to, to yeah, stay in the bat, team. Batted well would be a stretch, but yeah, has, batted well has, enough. Has done He's got job. starts and played a role. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, I, I doubt it'll happen. Just one to, to leave you with. I think before it absolutely tips let's down get and soaks us, yep. let's go inside. Let's call this the end of the final word. Ashes Daily, day six of Manchester. Uh, it means there's a day of interim before we hit day zero of the Oval. That's the way that this series has gone. And there will be the live show the night before oh, yeah. the Oval Test. I reckon there's about five tickets left. So if you want one Get of them, now. Uh, go and grab one. The link will be in the show notes. We've released a few extra tickets um, this afternoon. So the, the, if you want one, jump in. There's a, a link there and it's half price for patrons if you really love what we do. All right. This has been it. Jeff Lemon, Adam Collins. We'll see you next time. Bye. I ain't breezing and I ain't George Benson. I ain't protected, brother. I ain't fenced. And if my future questions, my current senses, that'll be the same we've been doing for centuries. Sorry if I ran out to empty. Wrote this so you know what I meant here. I had to go.